This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. My name's John, and I'm in the studio with Aaron today, man. How's it going? Hey, John. I'm doing great today, man. I am feeling just amazing today. So Awesome. Uh, I, got, I got some good energy to bring to the podcast. I love it. I think we got a really good topic for him today. So today, we're going to talk about botch recovery, how to mentally survive the most feared thing in pro wrestling. So I, I'm kind of being tongue-in-cheek there, like... There are th- we're going to talk about them here in a second. But like there are things that you should fear more than a botch, but but it, it's kind of the thing that's always in the front of everyone's mind because it's going to happen to every wrestler. Like fingers crossed, every wrestler does not get like a crazy injury, but I bet every wrestler goes through a botch, which is where you 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 know a botch, which we've described in previous episodes. But a botch is essentially where something goes wrong in the match, and it might be anything from a mistimed kick to a a headlock gonna ride to just you you duck when you were supposed to jump like right. just things like that that just go wrong in a variety of other ways it can cover a broad 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 amount of stuff but it's really just where something goes unaccording to plan in the ring and you have to recover from it so all right guys what is a working professional wrestler's worst fear for some, it is the risk. It's the potential for injury because that is always there, and being injured is something nobody wants, right? You postpone your career, postpone yeah. your training, your 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 growing, and all that good stuff. Your gym, all that stuff. So, for others, it's the fear of not making enough money, and that's a logical fear for a professional, especially one who's struggling with pro wrestling being their sole income, right? So, like, if you're trying to make money and you're struggling and you're trying to get that, I mean, I understand that's a fear. So, is there a fear even greater than those though? A fear shared by the newest and the most seasoned pro? Well, there is. And it's called the botch, right? It's the mistake made in the ring that disrupts the flow of the match is really a way to kind of kind of pin it down. Um, it could be a mistimed punch, like I said, or kick or whatever. It could be a lack of synergies during a certain move, like somebody hooks you for a suplex and the other person doesn't move at the right time or whatever you want to call it. Like they don't go when you go. They're not ready when you're ready, all that stuff. It could be a, com- a moment of... Complete and total forgetfulness during an important part of the match. That's happened. It's happened to the best of us where you have something planned and it just slips your mind, yeah. right? So how do you recover from a botch? Today, we are going to discuss more than just botched spot recovery. We are going to dive into how you can overcome the mental hurdle associated with the potential of it happening again. Right, the fear that it's always there, and mm-hmm. oh crap, I don't want that negative experience to ever happen again. Nobody does, but there are ways to get over that mental hurdle. But guys, I want to talk about a couple things before we get started. First off, we do have a YouTube channel. Please head on over to YouTube, type in at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. You'll find us on there. Subscribe. We got new videos coming all the time. We're going to record some new videos very soon. Um, I think we're really close to 500 subscribers right yeah. now. Is that right? Yep. So getting really close. We're like eight away from 500 subscribers. So tell your friends about it. I shared a video on my social media today. Check it out. Subscribe to us on YouTube. But Aaron and I want to discuss some other stuff too. Um, potentially providing them with uh, more value, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we have uh, Strong Style out, which we've had out yep. for a while, and we've been helping you all with the strength training, and, you know, we got the YouTube channel going. But we're just curious of 
what other things y'all may be interested in for us to put out uh, to really help you keep moving forward, mm -hmm. whether that's, you know, maybe a conference or a seminar or some more training, nutrition, you know, just whatever. I'm just really curious. We want to know what you all need so we can make sure that we're providing the, uh, the help um, and the coaching that's uh, going to get you to the spot you want to be. Absolutely. What are you lacking and where can we help? You hear mm -hmm. us talk on here. Is there you know something else we can do for you? Like bring you all together in in a in a conference or a seminar or something like, and do that for you. I'd really like to provide that for you if it's something that you would find valuable and could attend. So let us know. You can um, just chime in on that Facebook group, guys. Go to the Facebook group. Let us know what you think about um, this question, and uh, we'll be hitting it here and there because I want to get everybody's opinion, even the yeah. ones that don't listen to the podcast. If there are such a people, we want to get their opinion as well. So. Yeah, let us know what we can provide to you to make your experience better, to make your journey to being a pro wrestler full-time even easier, right? right? All right. All right, guys, let's dive into it. So I seriously doubt that when you read the description or read the title of this episode, you could anticipate the actual direction we are going to go, right? So if you came here today to find out what to do when you botch a move in the ring, I'm going to give you the answer right here, right now. You grab a hold. You slow it down, you recover, and you move on without drawing attention to it. Mm -hmm. Period. That's it. Done. Thanks for listening. That, that is the answer to recovering from a botch. There's no secret. You grab a hold, right? That's what I was always told when I was coming up. Grab a hold. If something goes wrong, everything's chaotic, or it just didn't go right, just grab a hold. Talk to your, your partner in the ring right. there. Breathe. Get back into it. And don't draw attention to it. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. The, the, one of the worst things people can do when they do a botch is draw crazy attention to it or... Even, even worse, if you want to talk about the suspension of disbelief in pro wrestling, people will mess up a quote-unquote spot where they're moving, and then they'll immediately just redo it. That's a, oh, that's a yeah. nightmare in the ring, guys. Yeah. It, just, it, takes people, it sucks people out of the experience. It really sucks when you mess up something cool that you had planned, but just redoing it for, I don't know, the camera is not enough, guys, because mm -hmm. the people in the crowd are not going to experience that yeah. properly. So that's it if you're just trying to recover from a botch. So now... If we still have your attention, and I hope we do, and I really think you want to stick around for this one, let's examine an angle of botched recovery that you have probably never thought of, and I guarantee, at least almost guarantee, you've never been coached through. So respond to these mistakes that you make in the ring through design, not by default. And I'm going to get into exactly what that means next, but that's what I want you to take away from this. I am trying to teach you how to respond to your botches by design, not by default, meaning you have a plan in place on how to mentally overcome the hurdle of messing up in the ring. Right. All right. So I've been studying the work of a guy named Justin Sua. He is the mental performance coach of the Tampa Bay Rays, the Cleveland Browns, the Boston Red Sox, and I believe more. Right. I think his resume goes even further than that. Um, but he's the author of a great book called Mentally Tough, Developing a Winning Mindset. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on uh, uh, Spotify if you want to listen to it. All that good stuff. So um, check it out. But that's where a lot of the information in this pod comes from. And mo you know, most importantly, I suggest you just go follow him on social media. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's just Justin Sua, which is S-U-A, at Justin Sua, I think. So just check. He just shares some pretty cool stuff every day you can get some benefits out of. But today, I'm going to talk about some of the stuff I read in his books. So one of his recent works chronicled a fascinating subject to me. It was an athlete's ability to move past a mistake or failure. It really sang to me as something that could benefit a pro wrestler at any level, and we're going to share his findings with you today. 
So I, I do want you guys to know that. Think about this, because this is another thing I don't think any of these people have ever been told. I, I really like, I never really envisioned this podcast going, like when we first started this podcast, I had this very like strict pro wrestling list of things and topics we had to cover. Mm-hmm. Now that we're getting into this, this stuff, like I, I really am having a great time. Like, because I, I don't know, the, the mental aspect like being a mental performance coach for pro wrestling, like it's never really occurred to me that it needed to be a thing. Yeah. But when I read this guy's stuff, I was like, I wish I had somebody to tell me all these things. Right. Why didn't somebody tell me? I wish my trainer could have coached me through a botch in a better way than grab a hold, son. Yeah. Like he could have got me over the fear of it happening again. Mm-hmm. And like, like it, it was it's so anyway, that's what I'm really excited about this info for you guys. So here's the thing, right? A pro wrestler's ability to quickly flush a mistake is an absolute competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. You talk about pro wrestling, right? Because I'm going to talk about a lot of MLB and um, NBA players here in a second, right? Not by name, but I'm going to talk about the sports and stuff. And um, I'm, I'm like, when you say competitive, like you think it means different things because pro wrestling is is you know, pro wrestling is theater, right? Like we know the winners and losers and all that stuff, but it's still a competition in that. Why is somebody going to hire you over this guy? Yeah. It is a competition. And this is going to give you an absolute competitive advantage in a lot of ways. Because you will make mistakes in the ring. Period. You're going to make mistakes. And your ability to move past them in an instant will make you more valuable to your opponent, to your promoter, to your booker, to the fans, and most importantly to yourself. You're going to feel more... Uh, Power, like you're going to feel self-confidence so you can compete even better. So we're going to look at some specific ways that professional athletes get mistakes out of their heads. And Aaron, if you got, if you can add anything to any of this, please do. Because like I I just, as I was writing this episode or reading about all this stuff, I started thinking about the stuff that I was doing naturally. Mm -hmm. I wish I could have had a coach to bring it out of me though. Like that's what I really want. When I realized, oh crap, I've been doing this for years, but not good. I've just been doing it, yeah. but not very good. So, like, it, you might think of that, too. You might figure out some ways in your life where you've done it as well. So, yeah. please chime in. But I'm just going to run through a few examples of what I mean by um, overcoming the mistakes and getting them out of their heads, like, in an instant. Mm-hmm. Like, real triggers, really. Yeah. Like, triggers to get you out of it. So, one of the ones I really liked was he, he wrote about a linebacker in the NFL – after executing a bad play, he would reach down, he would pull some grass from the field, and he would release it. And out loud, he would say, let go. And that was his way to flush that play from his mind. And I, I just love the thought of that, the way to instantly let it go. Now, obviously, we're not talking about something specifically you can do in the ring. There's no grass to grab. There's nothing like that. Right. But I can tell you right now, the very process, sometimes when I'm running marathons, I will like I'll match my breathing to my hands opening and closing. Like I'll open my lungs and the hands will open and I'll breathe out and I'll close the hands like I'm closing the lungs. And I can see myself in the ring right now, like just saying, let go and breathing out and opening my hand. And like, I can get away with that in the ring and it wouldn't be noticeable. It's just for me. Mm -hmm. Like it's really just for me to get over whatever just went wrong. So that's a great way you can apply it in the ring right there. Another one that he talked about was an MLB pitcher that said he would find a pebble of dirt on the mound and he would just pick one out and he would just focus on it Mm -hmm. and this would completely quiet his mind and serve as a reminder to keep things very calm and very small and this is something that I kind of would catch myself doing at times with sometimes when I would move in the ring as I was moving I would find it 
easy to focus on the top rope. And that might make better sense to people who have actually wrestled before. But like as I'm in motion in the ring, you can get overwhelmed with a referee in there with you, an opponent in there with you. If it's a tag match, there might be multiple opponents in there with you. The crowd's all going crazy. There's there's dozens or hundreds of people around you. Mm-hmm. And then but I could always like fade out the background and see the top rope and it would kind of center me. That always helped me tremendously. So that's one thing you guys might think. Even when I was running, I would just, okay, I just gotta focus on that top rope and it would quiet everything around me. And like when when he so keep it calm is very important in pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. Like I know that like you think about guys like um Ultimate Warrior or something, he's anything but calm. But really keeping it calm in terms of like it's and keeping it small, like I said as well, in terms of it's you it's your referee, it's your opponent, like focus on that. And then you can expand out. It's the crowd as well. And you can kind of, once you get a rein on that initial part, you can start expanding out and out and out, but keep it small. Don't just think I got to pretend like I'm in WrestleMania and there's 50,000 people around me. Like bring it down and condense it for yourself. So he also talked about an Olympic gymnast that said that after a mistake, she would simply visualize perfection in that movement so she never replays that mistake in her head. Mm -hmm. So that might be something that comes better after. That might not be an instant thing, but maybe in the locker room after a match, something went wrong. Let's just say you you went for a a body slam and they didn't post on your leg right, so they slipped off and it just looked kind of goofy, right? So in the locker room, when you're thinking about this, visualize that flawless, perfect body slam, that absolute textbook, perfect body slam that you've probably done a dozen times already before. It's just that one went wrong, you know, and that's kind of a law of averages. At some point, everything's going to kind of go wrong, so it's okay. Like, visualize that. Don't focus on the negative. Know that it happened. Don't be happy with it that it happened, but visualize the the perfection that you know you can do. Yeah. He also talked about an elite-level CrossFitter that said she would journal everything um, from what she did well um, to what she learned from her successes or mistakes and specifically what she would do better next time if if an event did not go her way. So this is something that I've done before as well where – like, because I've done tons of CrossFit competitions as well and pro wrestling matches, and I, I will sit there and, and just think about what specifically will I do now, no matter how small it is. Like, really dial it in. Get specific. Mm-hmm. Be like, from now on, I will do this move this way. Like, this is how I will do it. I will not leave any room for chance or whatever. I know that I will do it this way. Just like in the gym, I would be like, I'll never try to do a heavy squat again unless I know that my feet are in perfect position. Like, right. maybe something like that. Like, super specifically dial down one thing you can do, right? And, and like, uh, he wrote there that if an event did not go her way, but sometimes, like, it's also really beneficial to think about an awesome match that you had and go, what's one thing I could have fixed, though? Like, the match was amazing. Everybody yeah. loved it. It's great. Pick something that you could have did better, though, and focus on that as well. That will help you improve over time mm-hmm. in the future. So an MLB hitter, I like this one. This is a good one because this is something that really related to me. There was a hitter in the MLB that said that after a strikeout, he tells himself that once he pulls those batting gloves off, he is instantly going to pay attention to playing good defense. He's not going to worry about his strikeout. The, The gloves come off, boom, I'm on defense now. What just happened didn't matter. You can worry about that later. But right now, it's time to go. It's time to do that. So that's a good way to kind of think about the the botch, like the match yeah. has to go on. Right. Right. The match has so boom, go into your defense. Get into your defense. It's time to go and just keep the match going without drawing attention to it. Yeah, I like that one, especially mm-hmm. for the wrestler. That would definitely be that, a good one. Yes. Just you, something you can come up with and then move on quickly. It has to go on. Yes, absolutely. 
So here's one if you want a, a, a physical kind of thing, like a, um, and I know some wrestlers that would do things like this, but um, a tennis player said that after a mistake, she would look down at her shoes because she wrote in magic marker the word breathe on every shoe that she wore, and she would take a deep, slow breath, and she would just release the moment. Yeah. So pro wrestlers um, are notorious for like wearing the, the wrist tape or something and, and magic markering a message or something to themselves on there, writing a... Uh, someone's name on there, what, writing a message on there. And sometimes on the inside wrist, just where I could see it of my wrist tape, I might write something. You might write your wife's name. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Like, whatever works for you, write, write yeah. your dog's name. If it calms you, if it centers you, right. or write the word breathe. Yeah. Like, whatever. You could literally write, it's okay. And then you mess up a spot, you look at your wrist, you see, it's okay. And you just repeat that mantra, take a deep mm-hmm. breath, and move on. That's something that could work for a pro wrestler. I like seeing that, though. She, every, um, every, pair of tennis shoes that she wore in competition, she would take a black magic marker and she would write the word breathe on the toe of one of the shoes. Yeah. And just for where she could see it, she could look down, see it, boom, move on. Um, this one I really enjoyed as well. A golfer said that every time he misses a ball, he would just out loud say, that's weird. Hmm. So that every bad shot would feel foreign to him. That was his thing. He would just, he'd hit a bad shot and it might be 10 times in a day. That's weird. Over and over and over again. Just a mantra. Just to try try to program his brain that it's it's foreign to do something wrong and it's weird. So don't do anything wrong. It's Mm -hmm. it's weird. Don't do it. Like that's just a great way to kind of repeat that mantra to yourself. Um, And then a basketball player said he always used big body language after a missed shot so he wouldn't hang his head. And that's another thing that pro wrestlers can do in that, let's say you, you miss a spot or something, and in it, so here's, I can, it just kind of came to me, but it's a good one, is in, in this situation, one time I performed uh, the pro wrestling Irish whip, I sent a guy into the turnbuckle, it hit, the turnbuckle popped loose, and the entire top rope just fell, just oh, collapsed. And in that moment, you can, I mean, you make a split second decision. What are you gonna do in that moment? Are you gonna like, go, oh no, and, and hang your head and be like, who's going to fix this? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And in that moment, the only thing, this, this is on YouTube as well. I should share this link because this is on YouTube. The, the only thing I could think of to do was just instantly strike a pose and like pick someone in the front row to yell at. Like, right? Like, like just instantly take the attention to something else yeah. and, and make it look like, make it look bigger than it was in that, yes, it fell because I'm that strong. Like, right. of course, that's why it fell. As opposed to, oh, crap, we can't do the rest of the match yeah. now because the ring is broken. What are you going to do? So, you know, and I, I believe, I, if I, this was years ago, I, I feel like me and that guy ended up rolling out of the ring, fighting in front of the crowd while people fixed the ring, and then we got back inside. I think that's what happened. But um, anyway, he made he would he would always do big body this basketball player would do big body language. That way he would trick himself to not just like put his chin in his mm-hmm. chest and be like, crap, what I missed that shot. Forget it. Just big body language. Ah, give yourself a scream and go. Like yeah. there you go. So I can relate to that one as well. Man, the Yeah. You know, John, all the mental aspect mm-hmm. is something, and you mentioned in the beginning, but mm-hmm. it's that stuff is harder to overcome sometimes. And you don't train; guys usually don't train mentally yes. to, to get At over all. this yeah. stuff. Yeah, th- this is this is great information here. Um, I I hope everyone gets on there and um, picks up that uh, book or gets yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow him on social. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But uh, it, like I said, that that mental aspect mm-hmm. of that is really difficult to um, overcome. It's crucial. Yeah, it, it really is that you try to overcome it. But I want to talk now a little bit about my own, right? So I started wrestling in 2007. I retired in 2021. And um, I've been doing 
some of these things for years and never really realized what I was doing. I, like I said earlier, I really wish I had a coach to bring it out of me. Yeah. Um, I used to always talk, actually, so I gave a best man speech at a wedding recently and I talked about this. I talked about what I call linking, all right? And I, used to, I do this in two ways and um, one of them's kind of was more for the gym, but I use both of them in both places. But um, so I still do this to the day in the gym, by the way, like in the gym, I still do some of these linking moments. But um, I would snap my fingers or I would clap my hands. All right. Mm -hmm. And after a truly remarkable experience, like a good one, be that in a locker room, in the ring, in the restaurant, after the show, in the car on the way home, if I had a remarkable experience in a match, a promo, conversation, I would snap my fingers. And most of the times I would do it so like minusculely that no one would really even notice. I wouldn't like just snap my fingers in someone's face. I just at my side, just quick, like snap my finger and no one would really pay any attention to that. I still do that in the gym to this day. The physical act of snapping my fingers helped my brain link these awesome experiences to the snapping. And then if I ever had a mistake in the ring, if I ever botched something, I could snap my fingers. I could be face down in shame in the ring, laying on the mat and snap my fingers. No one would even really even notice, but that physical snap would trigger my brain to think of a time where I didn't botch, where I had a great conversation, and I'd think of all the remarkable things that I had actually done. Now, there's a good question to be asked here. Why did snapping my fingers after a botch in the ring not just link the botch to my brain, right? Mm -hmm. I don't really have a great answer for that. It just didn't. Yeah. And to this day, if you catch me snapping my fingers, it's usually just me triggering an awesome moment in my life, be that from wrestling or hiking or being around friends. I've had great conversation with friends and kind of snap my fingers about it and stuff as, you know, like somebody makes a point and you're like, yeah, you snap your yeah. finger. Like no one really pays any attention to that. It's just like a body language thing. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's linking these experiences together. In the gym, most recently, this is more of a ritual than anything else. And it really puts me in a great mindset. If I'm going to do something like, a, like a, a big PR lift or a hard lift or a deadlift or something like that, I will go to the chalk bowl, chalk my hands up, I'll give a big clap, and then I'll walk through the cloud of chalk. Yeah. That's always been, and you know, be respectful of your gym. I don't do that to where it gets everywhere. You just, you just <laughs> need a little bit on your hands. Style. Yeah, yeah you just need here. a little bitty bit on your hands to make a cloud, I promise you. Um, this is my favorite way to prepare for a hard set of like deadlifts or something, or like even a brutal cardio, like CrossFit workout, you're getting ready to like go ham on something. Yeah. It triggered the best part of my mind to kick on. So that's just something that I do personally that I never truly realized what I was doing. It's never been coached to me. Yeah. It was just something that I found myself doing. And um, I don't know, I was really fascinated by it when I thought about it. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. I think we all, as if, if you're mm -hmm. an athlete, you kind of put those things together where mm -hmm. you maybe you don't realize that it's a routine, yes. but yeah, it, yeah. it's something that really gets you in the those mental aspect of it. Like, yeah. I, I had a few things while you mm -hmm. were talking. Most of this is, is kind of gym-related, but I, I think yeah. it does work well to this because I, I do have one where I'll say something to myself. Yeah. Um, just and I say it out loud. I don't say it like yelling it or screaming it. Usually right, I right. say it, you know, just kind of under my breath. Yeah. But usually it's during like a heavy like conditioning mm -hmm. workout or something, and I'm just, you know, you get to the point where you're just you feel like you want to stop. Yes. It's like it's time to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My body's telling me all it's this. Brutal. And yeah. I'll get to that point, and it takes me a while. I'll start feeling it, but then it it, it just kind of clicks, and I'll mm -hmm. say I'm not tired. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I just say okay. it just like that. It's like, I'm not tired. And just go. And I right. don't know why, but it works. Right. I, I've done that for years. It's just I get to that point. I'm like, I'm not tired. I like and that. And I go, yeah. I, have, I have this issue, too. I've had a few heat strokes, so I, I kind of yeah, contributed yeah. to this, but where 
I'm going to black out. Like mm-hmm. I get, I start feeling dizzy and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I have to take a little bit of a break. Yeah. And a lot of times if you feel that way, you just stop. And sometimes I have to stop because I can't get over it. Right. But a lot of times it's weird if I'll go ahead and push it'll go away. Really? And I don't yeah, know yeah. why. It, it's just like the blood yeah, starts yeah. flowing and every, like, I don't know, get some yeah. more uh, adrenaline running right, and right. I can go. But I kind of, I'll, I'll use that th- there too whenever I start feeling like that. Yeah. And, and I was like, but it's it's a little bit different. It's usually like I got this or I'm strong. Sometimes it's different words, but it's just, it helps me just push it through there. But it's just basically a positive affirmation right. at that point of being, sure. you know, exhausted or feeling like I can't do it. Oh, I like that. And I think there is actually some, some science to even what you're saying about like you you feel like you might be on the verge of blacking out or something but you 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 kind of take another step and then all of a sudden it starts to get a little better yeah like I think there's a I mean I think that that that's like your brain being like oh oh he's serious like like he's like so he's either he, he's like he's not going to stop so let's let's help him out like yeah, there, there's some like thought process to that I think and, uh, and then also the, the brain can also be like, oh, we're done and shut off. And that's yeah. when you black out. I know that that's true, too. <laughs> I, I've had I those. That. I've, yes. I, yeah, it doesn't work every time. Like so, I said, I've had those moments, too. Right. But um, there's, um, I was reading a book by uh, David Goggins, who's that's another great book to read. And um, he talked about the, the governor of the mind. And he compared it to the governor of a car where he's like, go sit in your car. And the speedometer says, what, 120, 130 miles per hour, right? Yeah. But if you get out on the highway... And you get up to 90, that car doesn't want to go any faster yeah. than that. And he's like, that's the governor. That's the governor on your car and it's on your engine that's stopping your, even though it says 120, right. it's going to stop your car at 90. Yeah. And he, he talks about all of our brains have that as well. And he's like, once you hit that point when you're in the gym, you're doing like your cardio, you're doing your weightlifting, strength training sessions or whatever, and you're like, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. You actually probably got another 40%. You can keep going, yeah. right? Like just you haven't actually hit that point yet. So I've always loved that talk as well. Yeah, and I, and I think the mental being able to come over those mental mm-hmm. blocks or you know getting over the botch and stuff those yep. those can take a while to figure oh, out sure. what's going to help you to get over that. Right. And then I, I know for me it's just like clicking on a light switch. Mm-hmm. It just all of a sudden that started working for me. Yes, um, you know, saying I'm not tired and just keep moving forward. Yes, but um, I think it's definitely something we don't train enough. Not and, at and, all. And, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So. You know, as y'all, and and I'm sure everyone out there, if you're training hard, you probably have some of these Mm -hmm. things, and you may not even realize that you're doing it. Sure, yeah, yeah. So I think maybe a suggestion uh, would be to start looking for those things that are kind of habits that you're not realizing are going on whenever you're at a difficult point in the match or, you know, training or just in life. Practice them. them. Make them stronger for you. Use those as your tools. If they work for you and you don't realize you're using them, now let's let's hone them. Like, let's make them stronger. So here's your lesson, guys. Respond to mistakes on purpose with purpose. Mm -hmm. Creating a routine after a mistake does not take the pain of the mistake away. It helps you focus on the next spot, the next move, Mm -hmm. the next match, the next drive, or the next destination. All right? Guys, head on over to our Facebook we are at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. Let us know what you thought about this conversation because I absolutely loved it and I want to do more episodes like this yeah. because the mental aspect of pro wrestling and training in general is super, super important to me. And I'm 36 and I'm just now really getting into it myself. <laughs> Until now, I've just been like pick up heavy things, right? But yeah. as, as a coach and getting more clients and different clients and stuff and being a coach of wrestlers and men and women and older people, yeah. like you, you, you start to realize new things and, and it's not always just physical. A lot of times it's mental. A lot of times yeah, it's more mental. I would say, yeah. 
So Definitely. You, you just have to get there, guys. Let us know what you thought about this. Also, head on over there and let us know what you thought about what we talked about earlier. Do we have, is there anything we can offer you guys that you're wanting? Would you like something like a seminar, like uh, anything like that? Just let us know. I'd be really interested to do that for you. More strength training, um, anything like that. Yeah. Uh, nutrition advice, like Aaron mentioned. What can we do for you? We would love to hear your opinions on all that. Yep. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast, where we teach you the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it.